Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. No, you're gross. You know you're gross. I don't see, I don't... Oh, whoa, whoa, that's not what we do here on FC. That's what I do. <laughs> adjusting himself in his car with the lights on. He doesn't yeah. even turn the light off in his car. Uh, Gremlins too. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Ah, <laughs> uh, dads. Gotta love him. What have I done? What have I done? Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartMedia, TuneIn app, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now holy crap that's right <laughs> changing it up stuff like that is that what they do i don't know all right so how you doing i'm doing okay i'm doing okay excellent you want to go on hiking you want to go on a hike with some guys yeah i'll go on the hike but i don't think i'm doing the rope elevator thing oh I that think thing I'm is awesome <laughs> we are we are going to be doing shoot to kill today the 1988 movie let's get into it 110 minutes long rated r which i appreciated production budget of 15 million dollars uh, opening weekend, it did five million domestic and worldwide are the same. So I don't think it, it did get a although it did get a worldwide release, and we'll get into that. Um, it was at twenty nine million. So, it, but it, this is considered a hit. This was considered a box office success. This movie. I can see that, yeah, yeah. Uh, critically and obviously money wise. Uh, we're not talking. This is eighty eight, so we're not talking like two thousand twenty numbers here. You know, oh, well, yeah. Excuse me, two thousand nineteen numbers. Obviously, we all know the box office two thousand twenty is uh, awful. So before I get into the other stuff, Butler, what's shoot to kill about? Sidney Poitier returned to the big screen in this action thriller after a decade-long absence. When a cunning murderer vanishes into the rugged mountains of the Pacific Northwest, pursuing FBI agent Warren Stanton must exchange familiar city streets for unknown wilderness trails. Completely out of his element, Stanton is forced to enlist the aid of expert tracker Jonathan Knox. The killer has infiltrated a guided hiking trip led by Knox's girlfriend, Sarah. Viewers don't know which of the hikers is the killer, and the tension lasts well into the movie. I probably cut that last part out, but yeah. Hey, whatever, man. You don't cut my stuff out, so yeah, go ahead. I cut your stuff out all the uh, time. No, you don't. All right, so this came out on February 12th, 1988. Uh, it was uh, production company was Touchstone Pictures, Silver Screen Partners, and Century Park Pictures Corporation. That's a mouthful. Distributed by Buena Vista Pictures, which I would assume everyone knows by now is Disney. 
Uh, on the 12th, that went up against Action Jackson. Did you see Action Jackson? No, I know of Action Jackson, but I've never seen it. Action Jackson is fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, 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 uh, Carl Weathers, right? It is Carl Weathers. It's like I know it's Carl Weathers, and I don't understand why I always doubt myself. I always doubt. When, every time I do this, I always doubt. This guy, it is. All right. No, because you don't want to be wrong in a film podcast. Uh, then that's yeah. Everyone's gonna be like, I, <laughs> I always doubt myself. Okay. So yeah, Action Jackson, Carl Weathers, and actually Craig T. Nelson, who's evil in that movie. I remember that. Very evil in this movie. Uh, it also came up against Satisfaction. The uh, Well, it's not really, it wasn't Julia Roberts' movie at the time. It was Justine Bateman's movie, and Julia Roberts was in it. And then when Julia Roberts became a big star, it suddenly became her movie, and she was on all the posters. Huh, funny how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so in the week after, oh, you also had, an, I should say, you also had an limited release that day. You had School Days, Spike Lee's first movie. So for some uh, film history buffs out there. The 19th of February, which is the week later, you had just the movie Ironweed, which is Jack Nicholson. And the week after that, the 26th, you had Frantic, uh, which is Harrison Ford's. And I want to say that's uh, Polanski's movie. Okay. And then you had A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon, starring River Phoenix. Do you even know what that movie's about? Nope. Okay. So that movie is just uh, River Phoenix trying to get with this girl. I believe it's Meredith Salinger who plays her. And like all these women are throwing themselves at him. And I just, for some reason, I remember this movie and I don't know why. But I've seen this movie and I've seen this movie multiple times, but this was 88. So I'm 13 when that movie came out. So I'm curious. I I almost want to go back and watch it. I think it's on YouTube as well. (laughs) And we'll get into that. So um, the week before this movie, which is the 5th of February, you had The Serpent and the Rainbow, the horror movie. I also had She's Having a Baby with Kevin Bacon. And in the limited release, you had The Unbearable Lightness of Being, The In Crowd, Julia and Julia, and then Sister, Sister. So. do you know any of those movies? I know of a couple of them. Yeah. The only one I've seen out of that entire list of school days. Really? It's the only one I've seen. You should probably check Serpent and the Rainbows is, I'm not going to tell you it's awesome, but it's definitely one you would, you like horror movies. You should check that out. Okay. And then uh, the unbearable lightness of being is, is it's not a tough watch. It's not like it's with Daniel Day Lewis. So it's uh, yeah, I, that's yeah. all I know about it. Yeah. Um, well, and Julia and Julia. You should see Frantic. Familiar. Frantic's pretty good. I'll watch anything yeah. with Harris if I just haven't had a chance to yeah, watch. Yeah, that that was when like he was he was doing different movies and it wasn't. Well, this is not indie. Like when you're growing up and you're yeah. like, that's not Indiana Jones. That's not Star Wars. So <laughs> you know, I can understand why some of these movies probably didn't hit for some people. I've got like a list. Of, like I have like three Harrison Ford movies I've never seen, and that's one of them. I'm gonna guess the Mosquito Coast. Mosquito is Coast is not the one. At least had it, and then she sold it. Before I got a chance to watch it. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, come on. I, I wanted to watch that. And you've never seen Frantic. Frantic. What's the other one? What's, what, let, me, let me think. Regarding Henry. No, I've seen that. Okay. What's, what, would, what would be another one that he's in that you haven't seen? It's supposed to not be very good. Oh, is it the one with the airplane? With uh, Is it is it Kate Blanchett's in that one? Not Kate Blanchett. Um, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, where they're both their, their significant others die in a plane crash, but they find out that they were cheating on each, them with each other. Nope. Saw that one. Okay. What was that one called? I don't remember. <laughs> I just know you're describing the, I was first, I was like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Okay, Cause yeah. usually the movies that usually people haven't seen about, uh, Harrison Ford in terms of like the big ones are like, you know, frantic or, well, you haven't seen the new one. You didn't see call of the wild yet. Have you? I've not seen call of the wild yet. I do want to watch, but it. that doesn't count. We're talking about older films, but I do know I I've read the book for call of the wild. So the I problem know. with call of the wild is that it's a fake dog and you know, it's a fake dog. So it's just, there's no emotional t- attachment to pixels. I don't know. That's my thing. I'm old. <laughs> could it be? What could it be? Usually people haven't seen regarding Henry. 
I've seen that because there, there's a lot of them where I just ended up catching on like HBO or Cinemax. Six Days, day. Seven Nights. No, I, I've seen that movie. I actually don't hate that movie. Like everybody else hates that. Didn't movie. who? Everyone hates that movie because that movie came after a string of movies that he had every summer that were huge hits. Patriot and then that Games, was the one, Clear like, and Present Danger. Yeah. yeah, The Fugitive. All these movies that came out were just. It was like August was Harrison Ford's month for like five years. Like much like July Fourth was Will Smith's date. For like two or three years, <laughs> like that's that that's just how it works. All right, well, I'll move on. I obviously right. you haven't found it. Right. Well, I, I know what the movie is. is yeah, it? it's the Devil's Own. Oh, really? With Brad Pitt. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Uh, hmm. you should see him. I mean, obviously, but I would see I would see the Frantic and the Mosquito Coast before you see the Devil's Own. Frantic. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised I haven't seen Frantic. That's supposed to be one of his better. It is. He's supposed to be good in it. But yeah, yeah. Devil's Own is not supposed to be very good, but. It's Brad Pitt and Harrison uh, Ford. It's so not interesting. It's not. It's not as good as it should. Like people were expecting a lot of big things out of it because it was Brad Pitt was and like Harrison, huge. Yeah. So, but it's not terrible. It's just not what everyone wanted. Let's okay. Put it that way. All right. So moving on to the truth to kill, directed by Roger <laughs> Spottiswood, who you may remember from our episode of the Best of Times. He directed that. So that's two uh, this season we did. It's funny how when we do certain seasons, like directors and writers and the same people pop up. Within the whole, I do. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting, especially that, ones that aren't like big time. Right, right. Although he has, you know, he's done some stuff. Oh no, so. no, no, absolutely. He's also done Forty Eight yeah. Hours, Terror Train, and then Turner and Hooch, which they're remaking ridiculously for no reason. <laughs> I uh, also like the Sixth Day that he did. Oh, I don't like the Sixth. You day. don't like the Sixth Day? I like the idea. I just there's not a lot of stuff in there I like. Well, see, I, I like it's like kind of campy, and I kind of like that. Uh, I guess. I guess I, I do like the idea of it. I do like the science fiction part of it. Mm -hmm. So you have three screenwriters here that each worked on the script separately and not with not. I do not believe together, but you have a story and a screenplay credit for Harv Zimmel, who's done the TV show, the young writers, some episodes there and the, some episodes of the TV show, the Sentinel, you had a screenplay for a credit for Michael Burton. Who's the, who is only credit is he wrote flood of the navigator. And you had also a screenplay credit for Donald Daniel, excuse me, Daniel Petrie jr. He has actually nominated for an Oscar for writing for Beverly Hills Cop. He also did The Big Easy and Toy Soldiers. He's also produced, he's a producer on this movie. He actually produced The Sixth Day, uh, as well as No Tell Motel and An Ordinary Man. Cinematography by Michael Chapman. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for Raging Bull, The Fugitive. He's also done Primal Fear and The Lost Boys. He recently passed away, actually, this past year, 2020. Composer John Scott, who's done The Final Countdown. Another, hey. another uh, uh, episode we did this season, earlier in the season, actually a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, he also was on Greystoke and Lionheart. Edited by George Bowers, who's edited The League of Their Own, Money Train, and From Hell, another episode we did. That was actually last <laughs> that season. That was last yeah. season. Uh, he, he was, he's two editors on this movie. Garth Craven is the other editor who has edited Soap Dish, Return to Me, and then Legally Blonde. And then the lastly, uh, last producer, Ron Silverman, who has produced Vision Quest, Krull, and Brubaker. I don't know. You know about Crawl, right? Uh, you've seen all those. No? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So as Mike said before, you had Sidney Poitier in here as uh, Warren Stanton. Uh, if, for those who don't know who Sidney Poitier is, shame on you. But also he's in the Blackboard, <laughs> the Blackboard Jungle, Lily's in the Field, In the Heat of the Night, and, and the movie that we did, Sneakers. He has an Oscar. It's an honorary Oscar, but uh, he probably deserved a couple Oscars for the movies that I just listed. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Berenger as Jonathan Knox. He is nominated for an Oscar for Platoon. He's also in The Big Chill, Major League, and the movie Shattered. Kirstie Alley as Sarah Rennell. She is in the TV show Cheers. Obviously, it's Rebecca from Cheers. She's also in the Look Who's Talking movies, and she's in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Clancy Brown. And oh, oh, I'm sorry. She's I apologize. in Star Trek 
Uh, you know what's funny? I, <laughs> I was going to write that down there. And then I said, Butler will he, bring it up. <laughs> he's going to bring it up. So just real quick, she's in Wrath of Khan. She yep. plays Savick. Yep. She is supposed, she's the same character that Kim Cattrall plays in Six, right? No. But she was going to be, she right? She's the same character as in The Voyage Home, played by another actress who wishes them off in okay. Tolkien. I don't, maybe she was and I don't know, but I mean, she go, that, then she turns bad then That's, in number six. I remember, because I remember either you, and I was going to ask you this because you're the Star Trek guy. Right. That Kim Cattrall's character in Six was supposed to be her. I can kind of see that. That would have been, that would have been much so much better of a betrayal in oh, terms for of sure. the, the impact of that betrayal because you've just, you, you know, you, you know what I mean? And it would be a nice bringing, cause that's the end of their adventures. That would take that whole thing full circle in terms yeah. of the movie saga for sure. Yeah. I think because if, she is kind of like a snarkier Vulcan too. So you can kind of, when she does betray him, you can kind of see it. But then you also have, you would also have that betrayal of Kirk as well, because obviously she fell in love with Kirk's son in two. And you right. Know I mean? So it's also a Kirk betrayal as well. Um, I don't know why we, we but yeah, I was going to ask you that. Well, let's so, keep yeah. going. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> All right, let's get to the, let's get to the hikers. No, nah, we're done with the hikers. <laughs> Clancy Brown is Steve. He's from the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, anyone who uh, loves the Shawshank Redemption probably knows who, what character he played. He's also in Starship Troopers. And more recently, he's in Promising Young Woman. Uh, Richard Mazur as Norman. He's in The Thing, Licensed to Drive, which I'm still trying to get Butler to watch. Forget Paris and always popular Encino Man. Andrew Robinson, <laughs> Andrew Robinson as Harvey. Uh, he is in Hellraiser, Cobra, and the Puppet Masters. Kevin Scannell as Ben. He's from The Player, Turner and Hooch, and Milk Money. Uh, Mr. Scannell passed away 2019. And then Frederick Coffin, terrible name. Uh, just, that's what. A, that's a. I mean, that has to be a stage name, right? He plays hey. Ralph. He's in Identity, Wayne's Ruled, and Hard to Kill. And he also passed away 2003. Actually, I believe right after he did Identity, because that's the 2003 film. All right, Butler. I suggested this movie well, to before Mike. Before we move on, Ooh, uh, Andrew Robinson also has a Star Trek connection. Oh, that's right. He played Garrick in Deep Space Nine. All right. He was a major character. Well, he was a minor character. So when, character. when this edit comes out, I expect the what? nerd alert to pop up. A nerd alert? I had, to, I had to find a new alert for the nerd alert. Oh, we because it can't be the ding. Well, the ding's fine. Oh, maybe it can the be the ding is always the ding is always like the additive. You're, you're adding something in that we, <laughs> you know, in case like when we're talking, maybe I'll have to have a red alert sound when I do Star Trek. <laughs> but just don't, just not so loud, so I don't like you know almost turn the car throw and I'm listening to the, <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> or the Star Trek badge sound. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that would be that. That is a nerd alert. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, I suggested this movie because I saw this movie. A few times, not more, not recently, but probably growing up, I saw this movie quite a bit and Butler never saw it, never heard of it. I had heard of it. Okay. I, oh, I apologize. Yeah. Right, so he, um, and, and there's a couple of facts I've got in here about the movie in and of itself, but I think this is probably going to be a episode that's heavy on what we thought of the film and just certain things in there in the movie in and of itself. But I'm curious right. as to what you thought of the movie because this movie came out a year after you were born, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm curious what you thought. Oh, I should, hold on. Just to let everyone know, this movie is royalty free. Oh, do you want to talk about that first? Yeah. So we actually got this. We watched this movie on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And it's the only place we could watch. Right. Which we, I, we, we were both surprised because it's, it's free. It's royalty free, which I still don't understand why. You know, I don't understand how no one has the rights to this movie. And you can have it anywhere. You could actually. I, can you remake this movie for free without? Ooh, that I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not I mean, sure how it's that royalty works. free for the rights, but I don't know about story and stuff like that. Well, that's okay. But anyways, the movie in and of itself is free to watch. So that's why I was on YouTube. That's how we watched it. But right. 
go ahead, Butler. What'd you think of it? I, I really like this movie. I mean, this was like, this is like, I like these kind of movies. I'm surprised that my parents were never big fans of this movie and not, like didn't have it on VHS. Cause that's a lot of the stuff I absorbed when I was younger in the nineties was like, here's these cool cop movies of these, these action thrillers. And then it was nice going back to one I had never seen before mm-hmm. that took place, you know, 1988. So it's like, ah, that's the year I was born and look how the world looked and stuff like that. But the one thing I didn't like was their, their shtick of here are all these hikers. Any one of them could be the bad guy. They got rid of it way too fast for me. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, you didn't really give me a time, a chance to narrow it down. Like I, it was always going to be Clancy Brown. Well, you know that now I know that now, but he was also listed third. So I'm like, ah, I know he's the yeah. bigger one out of the hikers. Yeah. Are you meant of the total cat? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a yeah. couple of them were like bad guys, usually cla- play classic yes. bad guys, but yes. I knew it was going to be classy, but they didn't even give me a chance. They were just like, all right, this guy needs to be saved. And then Clancy saves and the gun drops. And it's like, Oh no, it's okay. I'm a cop. And Clancy Brown saves a hiker only to throw him off the edge in the same well, scene. I actually really like that scene. Like the whole scene when he makes them all when he, when he kills them all, all at once. Oh my god! When he makes that guy jump, I'm like, oh my god! I can't, you, I can't do it. There? And he yeah. just pushes the gun against yeah. his head. What are you doing there? Oh my goodness! Yeah. But it was just I, I kind of wanted more of that, more of that tension to build, and they didn't really give me that. But other than that, I thought it was a really fun film. But it's a, I have problems with the ending, which we'll get to. Yeah, no, I have some issues. Yeah. And there's, uh, it's, it's a, not perfect. It's just no, of course not. Nothing is. It's a simple film. It's a simple story. In this movie, the one thing, one of my notes within the film is I don't know if I like the comedy, the the buddy cop stuff they do it during just, the movie. I don't know if it fits it. It's it in and of itself it works. I just don't know with the seriousness of what's happening, like what they're going after, the bad guy, if that right. works. I don't think you'd see it now. I think it would stay a lot more serious if we did it if you did it now. But I get that that was kind of the time was like, oh, it's gotta be a buddy drama. So you, they've got to be buddies, but I also don't feel like it fits because they never slowly become friends. They just kind of get angry, have this moment, but then lose the moment again, have the moment, lose the moment again. They never earn a friendship, I don't think. Like in all these other buddy movies, you see them earn that friendship to the point where obviously there's no shoot to kill too, but if there was, now they'd be friends. Like I don't get that idea that the movie ends and I figured they just go their separate ways and right, they're not really friends well the movie starts off too very serious like the movie is it's very the very movie serious. starts off awesome yeah. i love the start of this movie okay go ahead talk to talk about that so the movie just starts it just immediately you get the break-in of the jewelry store someone grabbing pounds and pounds of diamonds and it's just like they they leave some diamonds behind it's like why are they leaving diamonds behind they're robbing this oh, place a terrible then, way to wrap them up yeah yeah sydney Bodier comes in and they've got the jewelry store owner in his pajamas and he's the one that stole the diamonds and he's refusing to be helped because he's all nervous and stuff. And then you find out that his wife's been held hostage. They killed the murderer, killed the dog, yeah. the guy who's uh, front trying to commit the murder, their dog in front of him, holding the wife hostage. Sidney Poitier goes and so he works with the FBI surrounds the house and they have this big standoff, which is awesome. And the killers obviously got his voice kind of muffled yeah. by the, in the phone, giving him orders. And obviously Sidney Poitier is like, well, make sure you snipe him. Yeah. Does the regular cop stuff, which pisses off Clancy Brown's character. Whoa, we don't know who did it. <laughs> we already said it. <laughs> And uh, so he just shoots the maid. He goes, let's the maid. Oh, we need to like just send the maid out. We're going to send the maid out with a message. Yeah. So yeah. Like, <laughs> shoots her right through the chest. Yeah. And he's like, holy crap. They they follow. Sidney Poitier is supposed to follow him alone to a dock. Obviously, Sidney Poitier again has the sharpshooter in the back trying to make sure they get this. <laughs> Not guy. hiding in the, the best Barely possible hiding. way. Yeah. Jeez. Get over my shoulder. Hold on. 
like adjusting himself in his car with the lights on. He doesn't yeah. even turn the light off in his car. Yeah. And I get that you need to see the thing so that the audience needs to see the characters, but it's like, come on. So obviously Clancy Brown sees that and goes, I got to go yourself to the front. I don't want to, I don't want that sniper to get me. And I have her in front of me this whole time. And it's like, Sidney Poitier is like, oh, he saw him. And it's like, yeah, he fucking Well, I like when he tells him to throw the bag oh, of diamonds. He barely throws and he's like, Jesus Christ, you can't throw any harder than, I, I than that. that. I'm just like, like, why would you say that? Like, that's just that, a weird line to say. I like it because I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, that's not a throw. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets the diamonds. He gets away. He ties the wife up to a pole while he's trying to get off a boat. Don't mm. follow me or I'll kill her. So he put it Okay. Realizes he's been had. I'm not going to follow him. And he says to him, he's like, this could have been so much easier. And he's like, uh, he says something. It's like, I understand. He's like, no, I don't think you do. do. And then he shoots her he right shoots through the, the eye. Way, no matter what. Yeah. That's his thing. He shoots him through the Weird staple. Weird staple to have there. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah. And then he gets, he, he, the boat goes off to chase the boat. He's hiding under the dock and he's, he's, he's on the run. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, so it's, it's really exciting. Gritty. It's a gritty. It is opening. very gritty. But, and there's the whole movie is gritty the whole movie feels like that mm -hmm. just the exception of their interaction with each other when knox and stanton which is portier and behringer when they're hunting going after right uh you know sarah which is christiana's character and steve uh the bad guy uh, clancy brown so they just have like a back and forth that you know like the moose thing oh did you see the moose like that stuff when he oh, fires like the, the moose gun all right. yeah when he fires the gun to get the horse to run off well i'm thinking no one hears that you're i mean well, I think that's why Knox looks at him like, come on. But also they're days away. They're trying to catch up to him. Yes. So I don't think they would hear the gunshot. It's a chase. It's a chase movie. It's a nice location. The You talked about the cart, the rope cart. That's actually the same uh, location where they shot First Blood. I had read that. Which yeah, is pretty cool. cool. Um, it's Like I said, the, the locations are great. The, my one big thing about the ending is I kind of wish they just stayed in the woods i do as well yeah i don't like they do they have a whole thing where they go off and we can get into it later or now or whenever but i always always wanted them to just stay being chased at like just be a big chase within the woods um because that stuff was more interesting to me uh stanton out of his element you know uh, Knox kind of like begrudgingly helping him and they don't really set up the the character relationship between Knox and sarah you get the idea they're a couple but they're not married, and I didn't understand. Oh, are they not married? I thought he calls well, they them. Both, as, they, they have different last names. So, granted, that's an outdated way of thinking. Yes, I understand right. that. I'm not saying that, but I don't. I don't ever remember them saying they're married. Oh, I thought that he does say it's his wife. I don't know, but I'm. I don't know. I don't but know. You do know that they're together. Like, oh well, you know, Sarah and ever since Knox, it's love at first sight, kind of a okay. thing they say. Yeah, but yeah, you never. Christy Alley is kind of wasted in this movie. She could be played by anybody. I mean, granted, you're in a movie with Sidney Poitier and Tom Berenger, who's already done Platoon at this point. It's just like, yeah, I'll be, she I'll be in this on, movie. No, she was on this Cheers is, at this, this point. This is the height of Cheers, yeah. Yeah, so it's, well, that's I'm, why she's in it. No, I get yeah. that. But it's just like I, why she would say yes to a movie that she has very little to do in. But again, with the people that are in this movie, you don't. Yes, this, Sidney Poitier is back for the first time in 10 years. At that point, people probably thought he was done making movies. Well, he was not done making movies. He was directing movies. Well, I meant, I'm just looking at the <laughs> <laughs> I meant, uh, 
Yeah, I know he's directing movies, but I meant like being in movies, like starring. Yeah, in he was, you don't yeah. you don't say no. I'm not going to not act with Sidney Poitier. That's awesome. That's an awesome uh, honor. And what's funny about Sidney Poitier's the movies that he's directing, they're all comedies. <laughs> he directed *Stir Crazy* with Richard Pryor, which right. made like a hundred million dollars. Right. So it was a huge hit. But on the flip side, he also directed *Ghost Dad*. So <laughs> like. He, it was just I was looking through his filmography in terms of the movies that he directed, which is there were interesting choices uh, compared to like what he's done as terms of on screen. Well, he probably preferred directing comedy. I mean, you oh, do, fine. You do dramas for so much. They are a bit of like. A drag, I guess you want something maybe lighthearted. Maybe he was done making things that were kind of depressing. Do you think this movie would be? I think it would be worse if Poitier wasn't in it. Because I think oh, he anything elevates, would be worth without. Well, obviously, yeah, but I think he elevates this movie to another level. Just his the tenacity with what he's trying to get this this bad guy. The kind of like the guilt that you can sense that. I, that's yeah. why. That's why I really keep going back to the comedy, the little buddy comedy stuff they do. I really think that undercuts the emotion of his character a little bit. See, I don't really think it does. I think for him, because he's an FBI agent, it's not as. It's work for him. I mean, not that he doesn't care. He wants vengeance against this guy. He got the better of him and he hates that. Right. But he's got his comedy is also still just. You got to be able to put that behind you. You got to be able to do the job and live and be a person. So I think to him, you know, murder and he says he's been up against the mafia, the Ku Klux Klan, the Russian mob, which the KGB, which the are KGB, from movies. All, all movies he actually yeah, did so up he, against, which he, so he tells Knox that, you know, the mafia, he, he was in Let's Do It Again. Uh, Ku Klux Klan, it was in the heat of the night, which is an, if you have not seen in the heat of the night and I'm not talking about the TV show, the TV show is fine. But if you have not seen the movie In the Heat of the Night, you really should because mm -hmm. it is really, really good. You should watch all of Sydney Poitier's <laughs> Seriously. He's also, and just to finish that, he's, when he says he went up against the KGB, that is also in the movie Little Nikita that he was in. So, yes. Um, we are obviously big fans of Sidney Poitier here. So, I mean, if, if you should really seek him out if you can. Yes. He deserved his honorary Oscar. He then, did, but he should have got an Oscar. Yes. Oscar. Yes. Agreed. He, he should have gotten all of them. Agreed. But I think his comedy is kind of works within that. Now, Tom Berenger's character flip flops that I don't really like when he is a little bit more lighthearted because well, he's a jerk in the beginning. It's a real he's more right, right, no. which, you know, he kind of is right to do like the love of your life. You live in a cabin. The only person you ever talked to has been captured and he might she might die. Mm -hmm. And here's this guy from the city telling you, I'm going with you and he's going to slow you down yeah. when you need to get her. Yeah. But then that kind of energy gets comes back, goes away, comes back, goes away, comes back, goes away in his character. And I don't think that's Tom Berenger's fault at all. I think that's more the script and the lines. I think this script is because I know that one of the writers and I, I should have gone back and double checked, but one of the writers is an outdoors guy. Like that's his thing. Right. Like, so he's, there's a note where they, they, this movie's plot is basically a MacGyver episode a year later. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. It's the same writer. It's the same guy that goes yeah. over and just brought it over. So this is kind of like his thing. So this is more of a plot based movie than it is a character based. And I'm assuming that any character was brought onto the screen by the actors. Right. You know what I mean? Whether that's in the edit or not or in the cut. So I don't think that that was coming from the actual script in and of itself, except maybe just on a superficial level. Mm -hmm. and, and they had a, probably had a filter that in with anything that they wanted to, to, to put into there. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I wanted to talk about just some things within the movie of itself in terms of the, not the direction, but well, maybe the direction, but just kind of not of the plot, but just, of the making of the movie. And right. I wanted to ask you what you thought about the fade to blacks. There was three of them. I was, I was fine with them. See, I, I, I didn't really felt very TV movie ish. 
very TV movie. This is an eighties movie. Yes. So I kind of forgave it. Okay. And I felt like the budget wasn't exactly the biggest budget. Mm-hmm. So well, it's I was 15, like, 15 million, 1988. Yeah, it's not bad. But yeah. when I was watching it, I was like, this, I'm all right with it. Okay. I think there was one and I can't remember what it was that did seem a little out of place, but the other two you mentioned, I don't even remember. I, but honestly, I don't even know if that's, again, we watch this on YouTube. I don't even know if that was part of the, the that's download. The, thing, or, yeah. the runtime is what in that you read i read the runtime was 110 minutes and it was 147 yeah so i mean it's not really i mean it's just kind of it's expected to credits or something up. maybe maybe uh, i know it said 147 i do remember that but it did, i have yeah. 110 here yeah i mean may, maybe there's some stuff that we missed i hate that I, I would hate that because i already was i didn't and part of me didn't want to look up this note because that, you know, I don't like watching it in the wrong aspect. Mm-hmm. But part of me was thinking of going, is this two, three, five? No, I'm not watching a two, three, five. What, what's going on here? Well, I was just like, nope, don't look it up because you're just angry. Yourself. <laughs> you're just angry yourself. You won't watch the movie. If like that uh, you have to watch the movie because it's the only way to watch. It. No, I, well, I understand that. Okay. So the other thing you mentioned the eighties, I was not a fan of the music. I thought the music was weird. Oh, I was I was okay with the music. Oh, it was very like don't. My first my first note is there's those synth drums when the cops are going down the road and you're, well, let's compare it to another '80s movie. Let's compare it to the movie that we did, Thief. Okay, like the music in Thief is by far and away better, much better, and more. I I don't know. It just fits that grittiness of this. This one was sure. maybe gritty light. Let's put it that way. It just felt like it. I, again, it felt like I was watching a TV movie sometimes. And these are nitpicks, maybe because I enjoyed this movie. But these are right. nitpicks. Um, I will say the music at the beginning fits more with that city vibe than it did once you go into the the forest. You kind of want something a little bit more expansive, maybe. Maybe you want to shift in in score. Like, hey, give me those synth drums when we're in. Wow, what city are they? Are they in originally. Well, it's up west. It's up. It's, so it's, I want to say, was it Seattle? No, Maybe. they're in San Francisco. San Francisco. Because the cable okay. cars. No, the jewelry heist is in happens San in San Francisco. Right. Because yes. he's got California plates. Right. So if it's San Francisco, do, do some kind of city stuff for that. And then go into more of a sweeping orchestral score. Like you're obviously on a bunch of synthesizers. I don't think they had a full <laughs> orchestra. But you could do like the fake violins or something like that or have a couple strings or piano or, or really mute it down a little bit. Mm hmm. Well, but it they, didn't really bother me too much. Well, the scene that I think about is when they're on the horses, the montage stuff, and they're chasing Tracking after, right. catching up to Steve, the bad guy, and Sarah. So it's at that point when they're playing that. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> that kind of threw me out. Okay, but that's fine. I wanted to ask you this. So the opening shot of the movie mm-hmm. is the cable car. Is the is that? Right down the middle or to the left a little bit, and you just see the the cable. Right. Uh, okay. Yep. And then, it, which is a really nice shot. It comes up, moves over, and then we get to the car driving. Right. Now, yep. my question to you is: It's I thought that was a, a nice. That's a nice open, but it it's it means nothing because it's not connected to anything within the story. If you're going to yeah. sit here and rationalize that cable car is Steve and he's, you know, kind of like, that, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Like, like, so I think opening shots really pack a punch when they're really cool opening shots, but they actually reference or mean something to the movie in and of itself. Whether it's a metaphor, whether it's actually connecting, like you come up and they're on the cable car and they get off. Like, right. But a cool shot just to have a cool shot does not really pack the same impact as anything else. I mean, it could be there because it's more like a city thing. Maybe. So it's like, hey, here's trolley, here's machines, here's car. 
See, I don't think so. I think it's like we'll just start off here. You know what? Let's start off here, and the car's gonna drive by. And we got the ca- we got San Francisco, the cable car so the cable coming. Up. Cars, oh, wait a minute! What's this? Is this the cable underneath us? Oh, put the camera down, and they'll pan up. It's like like that to me. Like, yeah, that's a great shot, but what does it mean to the movie? Like, you're telling a story here. What is this? That's like when you write scripts. You never, when you read a script, you never see like the phone rings. Hello, hello. How are you? How are you? Nobody writes that dialogue because that dialogue <laughs> is superfluous. You don't need it. That's the, that dialogue is assumed that that's what people are going to say. And obviously when you're shooting the movie and you have it in the movie, that's just them. The only people I will tell you right now, the only writers that I would know to would purposely put that in a, a movie and I will be right there going, yes, that's why it's there is the Coen brothers. The Coen brothers write their scripts where they, if it's in the script, it's in there for a specific reason. So they, their shots are not superfluous. Their shots are not just wasted. And not that I'm trying to give this movie a hard time. Sounds like you're trying to compare no, it to but, the Coen brothers. But what I'm saying is when I see that opening shot and it doesn't connect to anything, uh, it goes off in my brain. And then I'm just like, why is this shot here? Like that, I'm curious if I was curious, like what you thought of that. Well, not just that shot, but what you thought of me and my, my hypothesis about opening shots, I guess. I think you're right. I think they should mean something. I think they should have something to do with the movie. I think a better opening shot would just be the San Francisco skyline mm-hmm. and just maybe a couple like montages of the streets at night. Something that really jars with the rest of the movie. I think a good opening shot would be with inside the jewelry store and it's just a, a hard pan. It pans over and you just see the outside and then the car comes into view and the, and the, and the camera shit, it kind of the camera's like, oh, follows the car. It comes up to the door and then you cut to the scene where he drops the keys and all that stuff and you do it that way. That, uh, to me, would be a better shot. It could work too. But regardless, that's Well, you not need time movie. to yeah. do the, uh, you're right. All the opening credits. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it bothered me anywhere near as much as you, but <laughs> I, I, I get that. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it bothered, it doesn't bother me where I'm watching this movie and I go, this movie stinks. I'm going to turn it. I need a break. It's just, I don't, to me, when you're shooting a movie and when you're telling a story, everything on screen should at least mean something. And if you're going to give me some BS rationalization to what that shot is, not you, but the writer, the director, whatever, right. I'll take it. I'll take that. But if it's just like, eh, it felt like the shot was just, eh, I thought it looked well. I thought it looked pretty cool. Like, well, yeah, I feel like a lot of shots look pretty cool, but I don't do them unless they mean anything. But okay, maybe that's just me. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so in, we talked about this real quickly and I'll bring it up again. Uh, there was three titles to this movie. Yeah. So the original title was The Mountain King, which is terrible. The alternate title for the UK release, which I believe was a home box office, I don't know if it was a theatrical release, Right, was Deadly Pursuit. And do you know why it was Deadly Pursuit? Because there was a shooting rampage that had just happened, and they thought that by using the word shoot in the title, it would be uh, kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, in bad taste? Bad taste, yeah. Well, <laughs> th- it's, what's funny about... Well, not funny, but what's really poignant about this is that the hunger for massacre... This rampage, the guy just basically, I'm not going to say this guy's name because he doesn't deserve the credit, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't deserve any kind of uh, name recognition, but right. he goes out and he starts, he just starts shooting people. And he, and he, that massacre f- was one of the major moment in UK history because it pushed them to ban assault rifles. And if, like, that was what kind of like pushed it that. And there was another, I believe maybe, a, maybe either six months or a year earlier where there was a shooting at a, uh, one of the schools there or one of the primary schools, like a guy, somebody killed a bunch of people. So I think, so this was part of it. This was like, so this was a big, big deal in the United Kingdom and, and Britain. So I just thought that was interesting in terms of historical and, and whatnot. But yeah, I didn't know if you knew that. I did you, not know that. Did you also, do you also know that Poitier is left eye dominant? I did know that, yeah. but he's right hand dominant. Which, which is, what did they call that? 
cross-eyed dominant. Cross-eyed yeah. dominant. So yeah. when so, he, well, if you look in the movie, which I didn't catch, I caught it. Okay, so in the movie, when he he aims, he's he's right-handed. When everyone aims right hand, they shut their left eye. You know, to to kind of, I'm shutting my left eye as I do this. <laughs> to kind of like focus with your right eye, but Poitier's left eye dominant. So when he's holding the gun in the right hand, he's closing his right eye. And it looks it looks it, awkward. It looks really but awkward. that's called cross-eyed dominant, but that's how he is. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought I was reading, I was like, that's a how do you freaking know that? Yeah, right. Well, like, did he tell did he tell somebody that? He must have, because that's just something that he must have said, like, well, why are you shutting the wrong eye? It must have come up. Yeah, because I was like, that's so specific. I did think that was really weird because it happens on the trolley. Or not yeah. on the trolley, when they're on the ferry, he does it. Yeah. And he's aiming at Steve. And I'm just like, oh, Sydney, no. <laughs> So you pretty much, did you have anything in this movie that kind of, you you didn't like the ending. So why don't we talk about the ending? Ugh, the ending. Oh, well, geez, a, right. So I don't like, well, it's not like I didn't think everything was perfect. I didn't have as many issues with the music and stuff, but I did think there were some parts that didn't really work for me. Like I said, I thought that the Hunter group should have, you should have had more tension there. I thought, right. I thought Sarah was kind of a wasted character. I don't mind the jokes, but I don't think that they become buddies. But as soon as they get, as soon as the movie ends, and I'm talking about the very, very end of the movie. So Sidney Poitier's character has gotten himself shot. Like, got himself shot. Well, he got himself shot on purpose. He didn't want, he didn't want the hostages to be taken. Uh, but it's like. He knew that if he took those, the mother and daughter hostage, he was going to kill them. Well, I get, he I get why that. you run and go, no. Right, right. But he got shot three times. He would have, he should have died. <laughs> he got shot where the scripts went off and it's not in a major part of your body. That's how it works. I, brother. I get that. <laughs> I don't want him to die in this movie. I, I don't like want him, him to this die movie. in this movie yeah. either. Because he has a great ending line. I love the end. Of, I love the end of the movie. I love the line at the end. You don't like the line at the mm. end? How do you not like the line at the end? That's uh, one of the best parts. Every damn day. That's great. The, the movie just ends. It just cuts. That's a hold on. First of all, the line is he tells him he's like, you have guys do guys do this shit all the time. He's like, every damn day. And the fact that he's delivering that line, he delivers it like Sidney Poitier's way. Oh, come on, that's a great line. I like the way he delivers it, but the movie just ends right there. What's the problem with that? There's no what you do you want them to do? The entire movie is is well, that's going after Sarah. Okay, is this the major part you don't like? To this just is what I don't okay, like. Okay, okay, okay. You never get a wrap up between him and Sarah. They don't have any dialogue together. It's nothing. It's useless. Their love story. That they have a love story, but their connection, their closeness, it's, it's pointless. Absolutely useless. It means absolutely nothing to me in this movie. It goes nowhere, and then their friendship just goes also goes nowhere. There's no reconciliation. There's no closure with any of the characters. There's just this one end dialogue line, and the movie literally just goes cuts to the point where it was so bad and jarring that after the movie ended, my my or after my YouTube video ended, I went and I YouTubed the movie again because I kept on it's royalty free. Someone else has to have posted stuff from this movie, so I was like, "Where's the end of this movie?" So I found a couple of like people recording their VHS tapes. And Jesus. the movie ends every freaking time yeah. like that. Because I was like, there's three minutes missing from my cut to what people say this movie is. It's got to be the end, right? It's got to be the end. And it, it just ends. And it's so what do you, frustrating. What do you want at the end then? Some kind of cathartic moment. Some kind of wrap up with these characters. Some kind of reason I was watching this movie. There's okay, so, nothing. So my argument to I that. I know they're going to get Steve. It's a movie. My argument to that is yes. that this whole this story is not about, is about Stanton getting the bad guy and it ends with Stanton getting the bad guy. And that's it. What do I need? Do I, I need to see a shot of Sarah and Knox on the, on the ferry looking out saying, I think we should get married. Yes, me too. Like, I don't need that. I, I want, I don't need that. Or Knox, me, Knox, I want to introduce you to Sarah. Okay. That's fine. But something, that can be done some, before that. Something that uh, maybe they shot stuff. 
and it didn't work. Like, this line works better than whatever they shot. Maybe that's why. But I don't mind because I don't mind when movies end like that because I don't need because when you know what your main story is, when you know what your plot is or what your story you're trying to tell, when that story ends, it ends. It's over. Move on. Much like I know. Did you not like the end of Sopranos? (laughs) (laughs) The end of Sopranos is there to to keep it open, to keep you guessing. Right. But the I would have even been okay with every damn day pan out to his cart being put into an ambulance and it driving See, off that's, and fade that's out. A trope. This sudden cut. Yeah, why not? Just cut. I hate it. You know who can do that? Rocky. At the end of Rocky 1 when he hugs Adrian and it's that cathartic moment. It's that moment of elation in his face and that's why Sylvester Sloan said that's why I'm cutting it. If you ask me, tell Spottiswood, why did you cut it right there? I don't know. I just, I didn't like anything else we had after that. Like you said with the opening, that's not a good reason. That's not a good reason. I like the line. Okay. Don't just cut. And it's the most jarring, ugly cut I've I've ever seen in a film. I don't. I I, I, I hate it. Well, I don't. I didn't hate it as oh, much. As I I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Jeez, dude, calm down. I hate I, it. Uh, calm, calm down. <laughs> I I didn't. I don't. I don't hate that as much as you do. I just. I just don't. I think it's fine. I, I don't. I've seen. I I've seen the endings that you're talking about. Like I like a movie like The Fugitives when they end it that way, when he gets into the, the, the car and you see the car pull away and it pulls up and the, and the credits roll. I, right. That ending I get because we have been following Richard Kimball the entire time and we are invested in Richard Kimball having a, 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 a good, op- a good ending. Like, Oh yeah. You know, get, you know, sure. I get that. Okay. But I'm so, not invested in, I'm not invested in the story of Knox and, okay, and, okay, and wait, Sarah. Wait. So Kimball gets in the car with the, the Tommy Lee Jones's character. Yeah. I thought you didn't care. I don't cut done. Yeah, I get you don't that. even get the. I pan just out. told you why. I just I just gave you the reason why I wouldn't have that at that ending. <laughs> I under, in in the fugitive, yes, because I've been following Richard Kimball this entire time. I want to be eased out of his happy ending. Yes, going to be eased out. I, I I I'm okay with the pull away. To, you know, like in the smile and all that stuff. I'm good with that. I'm saying in this movie, I'm not invested in Knox and Sarah, and that could be a dig into to the discredit of the actual storyline where you're talking about. We're not with the. The hikers enough or not we don't she's a throwaway character like right. that kind of stuff that that ending goes along with what you're saying about how she's a throwaway character and it's and to be fair it's not knox's story it's actually stanton's story so maybe oh, get that maybe the real problem is there's not a good balance between knox and sarah's storyline than it is when stan you know what i mean it's almost like two different storylines where stan's going after the bad guy and the only time we see Knox is when Stanton goes to Knox. We never see before that. We only see the we see the hikers and we see Sarah with the hikers just to kind of set that up. But right. we never see anything with Sarah and Knox. So why should I be invested in that? And that could be right. what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I don't really need to. I'm OK with them not even have a moment as long as you give Stanton and Knox a moment that ends not so abruptly. Like, I, I don't really get a, a chance to see Knox's reaction to it none of that i get i get nothing that should be in a buddy comedy or a buddy a buddy cop kind of thing or a buddy thriller or whatever we want to call it buddy thriller they're not they're not both cops you're right yeah you're right i get nothing where there's this connection and i still don't get that connection because you just cut it stanton saying that line and it's just like again maybe if it was just a smoother transition but the, um, the editing sucked on it the line was delivered great but i also don't get any kind of ending with these characters 
Stanton's half dead being put into an ambulance well, after end- he's broken probably tons of Canadian well, laws. I will say that. Well, no, he went. They were at the Vancouver police. They were allowing them to let let them do what they needed to do. You swept Die Hard with a vengeance. They let them do that in Die Hard too. Come on. They Remember Die Hard with a vengeance when they're in Canada at the end and they're firing from the from the police shot. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. I I think that the ending is Stanton's ending. Sure. And you're looking for more of a Knox, Sarah, at least some of their like just just looking for a wrap up. I get you. But I just think that that's probably part and parcel with the fact that they're they're not there's not enough of their character development within the story for maybe they did shoot it. And maybe they were like, it doesn't make sense because we have not met any of these people. I don't know. I don't know. Then have him say the line and then it colorizes itself. And then like you get this like title ending song from like Whitney Houston singing it something more akin to like <laughs> Why is Whitney Houston singing I don't know it? something very 80s where it's like some kind of slow like, R&B song like the bodyguard kind of yeah like sweet yeah. Memory. yeah okay we shoot to kill and then the credits go up <laughs> something that's more established something that's not such a I, I just thought it was such an amateur shitty cut at the end okay. that it really ruined like I said the line was great and if you don't have wrap up, that's fine. But it does. It just kind of seems like they just went, oh, cut. We're done. Jeez, man. I just, want someone to cut your meat at dinner, too? I mean, yeah, come I, on, I break, just, man. Come on. No, nah, come on. Come on. No, you can, you, you just, hate that introduction part. I can hate this what, what ending part. What, what part the, the whole the beginning. The, oh, I do, you're yeah. right. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. But, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just curious to if that kind of ending done well, have you do you remember any kind of ending like where it just stops in a movie? I'm not trying to put you on the spot because like, I don't know. I'm I said, like, curious. I know Rocky does. I know there are a couple of movies that right. end on the end line. And you're okay with it there. You're, you're not, it's not that you're not, it's not that you're okay with ending a movie like that. You just think that it's been done it, it, better. Okay. Yeah. And you, and I'm, again, like I said, I'm not trying they, to put you on the spot. I don't know. It's, it's not that I don't, not like a movie ending on a line or an ending ending abruptly. It's how they do it. And this just seemed like such a random, oh. like, cut. Okay, I got one for you. Okay. The end of Patriot Games. I haven't seen that in like 20 years. Just okay. right with the very end. The end of Patriot Games, after the, everything, they're, at, they're in the kitchen. Okay. And they get a call from the uh, obstetrician and they want to find out if they want to know the sex of the baby because she's pregnant. Right. And, and they're like, do you want to do it? I don't know. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then they cut to her and she's like, thank you. And she hangs up and he goes, well, and it cuts. They right. never tell you the sex of the baby. Granted, if you read Jack Ryan, you know it's a boy. It's a Jack. <laughs> yeah. But so- it's a continuation. Was that okay for you? Yes, because that's more of a to be continued kind of a thing. Okay. And again, it's it's the way they cut as well as as anything else. Okay. I don't know. Like I said, that colorizing and then the song kind of goes like, do 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 boo boo do do like <laughs> you know that kind. I and I, again, I don't even put me on the spot, but I just in my brain. No, I know because I don't I can't know. think of anything right I, off the spot. I, because but I know I do, a yeah. bunch of movies end like that. Okay. And it's just the way this one does, and maybe it's. Maybe it's because there's a little more. Maybe it's because he kind of moves his head a little bit and then they cut. Maybe it's not abrupt enough or mm-hmm. it's just too abrupt. I don't know exactly which. Well, aside the, aside that part of the ending that you don't like, there are a couple of things in the ending part that, I, uh, that I'm going to bring up. I want to see if you okay. like the fact that the gunshot effect under the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as soon as that gun. Again, this is something I brought up in Nice Guys. As soon as that gun goes in the water if it's a six shooter it does not work it does not work in the water there are certain pistols that will work in the water but very few 1988 all right maybe more and i'm not a gun expert but i know that six shooter ain't working but again you have it up to his eye 
I don't. I I also don't know. I, don't I just know. meant I the know. gunshot effect. It was like it was like in the, it out outdoors. Oh yeah, it was a full gunshot. <laughs> the echo, and I'm just like, what? That's just kind of movie stuff, man. I I was surprised how shallow the uh, lake or the ocean, wherever they were. Well, they're on a ferry. I imagine so it's Canada. It's uh, got to be a lake. They're in Vancouver, so it's probably yeah, probably a lake or the the sea. Well, probably a lake. Yeah, but I was surprised based on how big that ferry was, how shallow. The well, they're also was. at the dock, so they're that's true. It's not that far out yet. I love when they get on the ferry and he's like, where do we start? And then they start yelling. It's like, well, maybe not there. <laughs> the Steve, yeah. how, Sarah. how about don't yell and let them know where you are? <laughs> That's probably a good thing. I mean, I know you're from this. The I know you're from the woods, but you're not stupid. Well, clearly he is. <laughs> I, 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 but like you, I also thought it should have ended in the woods. I just think it would have been more interesting. Like you had that one aside from them being on the ledge and then the bridge that you don't like the little cart, which I thought was great. I would definitely take that. Um, I would take it a little bit more secure, <laughs> but <laughs> well, he did. Steve did cut it, but so. they never, yeah, they never really, there's, I thought there's probably more stuff they could have done there. There absolutely is. They're, they're setting up this whole issue where you think it's going to end with Knox trying to take the shot and it's like Sidney Poitier's character trying to tell him basically you don't got what it takes I hunt these people for a living it's right. what I do you know you don't kill people you're a tracker yeah but when it comes down to facing Steve alone you're not gonna be able to take him right because he's a he's somebody who he mentions or Stanton mentions earlier in the film he's done this before this yeah. isn't the first time he knows how to kill it doesn't bother him at all yeah uh so I was expecting something where like maybe Knox can't take the shot or something like that and it Stanton has to stop him and you don't get that you just get hey you're in my territory now kind of a thing and yeah i think that that's like we saw you in the city already we did that i get I, I guess it's 88 so it's you know almost 30 years ago so maybe that really holds true truer back then than it does now but the idea that you know you're in my world now and i don't you know that makes more sense like somebody who's just always in the woods back in the 80s because it, it is a, it is probably different for sure, yeah. And you know what I mean. Now everything's connected, and everyone, you know, there's wireless. You may be in, yeah. yeah. You may be in the woods, but you're connected to the world with the, through the you got Wi-Fi Elon Musk Starlink connection. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's a little bit. It's it's you. If you're really gonna go off the grid, you do it on purpose. Not you're just you know I'm up. I'm out here now. I like the woods. I'm off. I'm just basically off the grid. So right. It's probably maybe that's a little bit. We're so used to you you not being disconnected so much. But I hear what you're saying. And I was kind of hoping for more of maybe like a, I don't know, like a first blood or a hunted type thing where it really becomes, they get to him and it becomes who knows the woods better mm -hmm. in terms of the last action sequence. I was really hoping for more of that. Well, that's the thing. Like Steve doesn't know. That's why he, that's why the bad guy keeps Steve keeps Sarah alive because he doesn't he know how to, know how to, how to handle nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. But that means like he's really good at killing against these other two guys that are like, no, the woods maybe more like Knox can help. Stan get the better of Steve. I, I don't know. Well, that would be like if you had that ending in the woods, it would end up having to be Stan against Steve because Knox would have to be get taken out of the equation because he's so adept at being, you know, and in then the Stan would have to use what Knox kind of taught right. him. Because I'm sorry, but like Knox, when Knox hit that rock face, oh yeah, he was oh out. My yeah, God, that hurt. That had to hurt. I, I do like that scene where uh, he scares away the bear. That's a nice stunt. Oh, that the bear thing. The oh bear, yeah, 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 when he's yeah. like. Nope. He's like, you've never seen a black man. Everybody before. up here yeah. acts like they ain't never yeah. seen a black man before. Well, that's Why like, should a bear be any different? Right. That's like the dude's like, you really a G man? I'm yeah. like, come on, man. It's you like, really? I mean, I love it. It's subtle. And if you know, if you're, if you're an idiot, you don't know what he's saying, but like you just, yeah. it's there and you're just like, 
but exactly. it's like yeah that, that, yeah i i can see that and he's just kind of also like come on <laughs> exactly yeah, you just kind of ignore yeah. him it's 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 but yeah no it's, it's it was a when he kept saying it i'm just like oh dude yes <laughs> it, was, it was bothering me and the other thing was like five dudes uh the one woman backer of course uh, the tra- one woman tracker of course they're making comments of course they're being stupid uh uh, you know, dad bod flirts trying to like thinking that she like, I mean, come on, guys, you guys, hey, Sarah, good. how's it going? Yeah, it's like, ugh. your boyfriend's really cool with you up here with these yeah, five guys, exactly. <laughs> and they're just all like, hey, 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 Sarah. Yeah, it's like, ugh. it's like, that's why I'm like, when they get pushed off, I'm like, fine, <laughs> yeah, but I, at the same time, I like that you don't know. No, I that's the whole point, and I think this movie's made today. Uh, you'd know people would figure it out. People would guess people would just constantly be on Twitter trying to figure it out. Like this story to would have, this story could be remade, but you would have to just be like, make it. Don't tell anybody. Don't announce it. Just go off for, cause this was shot in like 23 days. Right. Go off somewhere and shoot it, go up North, go somewhere where there's nobody, you know, and just do it. And, and don't say anything about who's what and who's who exactly. And yeah, have I, it just pop up and come out. Yeah. You'd redo it. And I'd, I'd keep it more of a, Who's the killer for a lot yeah. longer? I think, yeah, I think I would do, do the same thing. You would have five. I think you would have five guys in there that were all bad, bad guys, guys yeah. and have them in the story. Maybe but take not them like off comic, but like don't one. put like somebody like Robert England in there. Like don't somebody like comically bad, like, you know, like just like people that typically play villains. Are you right? So put them in there and then obviously have the one person that's not or, or and I wouldn't even do like where you make the one nice guy, the bad guy, like they do in Predators. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't do that. You have a uh, Hans Gruber. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But yeah, no, I hear you. You could definitely remake this movie, but I would definitely keep it within the woods. I would not take it out. Maybe well, towards the end a little bit, but not, you know, maybe a small town, but not a city. When you take it out of the city, Knox becomes superfluous at that point, And he just kind of is following Stanton around. It's just like, yeah. why is he? So he's only here because Sarah, but he keeps doing all this cop stuff. He keeps running with Stanton. And no, yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I hear you. You don't kidnap a guy. You don't. Fake kidnap a guy and then have him admit to where the diamonds are and that he's a fence. Oh yeah, like I'm sorry. That. That's inadmissible in court. I don't care what he said. Yeah. So oh, like, they just called me as a break. Yeah. You're. I. I have like. I wrote it in the thing. Like you're done, detective or superintendent. You're done. Your your job's over. There's <laughs> no way he's not pinning that on you. You are so going to get fired for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got a little things here and there, but we can wrap it up. But one of the moments I liked in the movie when he figures out he's eating rodent when he's eating varmint. No varmint. And he's just like, come on. He's like, what does he say? He's like, no. He's like saying something like that. You're lying. No, come on. Yeah. yeah he's I like, that was well, funny. I, I get how you feel. I think oysters taste like snot. Oh, well, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You, I also like when they're uh, almost freezing to death in the ice. Oh, and he's, he's like, yeah. oh, Jesus, you smell. Do I smell like that? <laughs> he's worried about him smelling like that. I always remember that scene too when they getting buried with the snow and to dig it out yeah see there's there's stuff in the movie that happens and it happens it's so quick like they're like that's an interesting scene the scene where after he kills the hikers and he's just like let's go let's go oh come on and it's just like let's keep moving and then it ends it's like whoa like like there's some there's stuff that just and i mean i guess you can lump in the ending to that too there's stuff that just kind of just wraps up and ends and move on like they don't really i mean i don't know if that's in the edit I don't know if they just maybe this was like a two and a half hour movie that had to cut down. I could I didn't find that facts anywhere. No, but I think they I mean, again, we watched 147. That's three minutes you're talking like I don't think it's. Well, I'm, I'm saying is something cut up. Is it just I'm saying that the movie's not very long. Yeah, which I appreciate. But it could be 10 minutes longer. Uh, I, this you could go to a two. I don't know. 
It's a thriller. You could go to two hours on a thriller. I mean, look at Lethal Weapons are all like what? 220? Those are action thrillers. This is not like action, like Lethal Weapon action. Well, if you had if you changed if you had the woods be more action packed. Well, you're gonna yeah. I mean, the ending is the ending is not really I wouldn't say it's action. It's more just kind of try, yeah, it's just just trying to find them. Right. You know, like the ending, if we're if you want an action ending, you're gonna have stuff where they're actually gonna be you know, fighting and physically going at each other because he's not going to have a hostage to take or something like yeah. that. Yeah, no, you would have to have something like that. Why do you think this is forgotten? I don't know. Like, I know I crapped on seriously some I mean, parts you're of the kind movie, of been a I... jerk here, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I really don't know. I love the way this opens. I think this movie grabs you in a way that very few movies do back from back then, uh, especially these cop thrillers that are so like copy paste copy paste this movie really does like oh man they're going hard on this bad guy this bad guy won mm-hmm. right off the bat he really won and it just immediately grabbed me i think it's shot very well i like the wood scenes uh you got sydney potier in it yeah which is always good and, and it's like i would want to see more of stanton even if it wasn't shoot to kill i would like to see more of him doing stuff uh kind of like tommy lee jones in the fugitive how they just continued his character like his character is cool i really like and it's probably just Sidney Poitier because he's really good. But I want to see more of his character. I want to see him take on more cases. Clancy Brown is great in this movie. I always like Clancy Brown. He's his acting credits. You look at his acting; he's prolific. Oh, he's in everything. He he's in a lot of stuff. Everything. Yeah. He's a. He's. I don't want. I guess he's a character actor, but he's he's got a great voice. So he's in a lot of voiceover stuff. He's yes. great in Shawshank Redemption. He's great in Starship Troopers. Uh, he's just. He's great in Highlander. Uh, he's just this is him coming pretty much right off of Highlander, right? Highlander was 84. Is that right? Sounds about right. I could be wrong. I, I, I want to say that Highlander is 86. So, 86. so this is probably 86. what got him that job. Then this oh, maybe. Well, that's probably why he's in there because he's a bad guy, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he's but he's, he's good, good in like he's good in roles where he's not the bad guy. Let's he is really way. good as a good, good guy, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, no, he's. So I don't I don't know. And I don't know why this is royalty. free. This movie's so forgotten. It's free to watch. <laughs> I, I don't get why, with the exception of like some of the uh royalty, the, some of the sites out there that offer royalty free movies or movies that are free, like the old films. You'll every every once in a while, you'll catch an like an 80s movie or 90s movie that's royalty free. But they're usually not great. They're just kind of OK. Right. This movie is more than just OK. This movie is a nice thriller and it's a nice, simple story where you put on. You can watch it on a movie night and be like, well, that's pretty good. Tom Berenger is a good actor. Cindy Poitier is a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they run the story. They run the movie. Like, it's their movie. Clancy, you know, and maybe back then, Clancy Brown, even though he is off of Highlander, he wasn't as well-regarded as he is now because of his career, because that's just the story. Right, yeah, he was just, yeah. But you have, I mean, those are three good people in the movie. And I know that Christy, Christy Alley doesn't have a lot to do in the movie. She is in the movie because of Cheers and, and you know, cheer, and she's a name to put in there. Right. She probably so, took the job but, she, but her character doesn't have a lot to do regardless, like you said. So it's not really you can't really lay that at her feet in terms of the character shortcomings. Right. But it's it's I've always liked the movie. Yeah, I've I, always been into it. I know several people that we I that like it, too. So it's not like I'm like on an island here. It made its money back then. Yeah, I really like other than saying that the typical, you know, well, there's nobody in there that's really famous now. I, I can't tell you why this movie's forgotten. This is one of the few ones where I can't even come up with anything. It's not that I and I don't ever 
use this in terms of why I'm going to watch a movie, but it is also highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. So, it's got a hundred percent. So, well, that's because it's only seven people ever. Well, I, I get that. There eventually will be a contrarian. I'm sure there'll be <laughs> he or she is out there. Well, I'm going to tell you about this. But regardless of that, well, that would be one of the amateur reviews. Though. The seven reviews are the professional. Like, yeah, but they're probably they're all people that I guarantee you nobody has reviewed this movie since 1990. I think sometimes they take those into account. They find like the old articles. Yeah, that no, that's fine. I'm but, fine with that. I'm just saying that it's it's a movie that's so forgotten that people don't even. Go back to it. Listen, if you're bored one night and you're on YouTube and you and you can get YouTube on your TV like most people can now these days, mm -hmm. uh, it's not a bad movie to put on. It's what? definitely worth it. It's I'm not trying to sell you. I'm not. I don't, I don't want people to think that we're trying to be like, oh, it's in. It's a total ladies movie, or it's oh, it's it's so bad, it's good. It's not. It's a good film. Yeah, and it's actually it's good. Got, it's for some reason forgotten. For I have no idea why it should be. That's that's. This I can't is probably you. almost. This is probably one of the main examples that we have this podcast is for people to go see this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Blow up that guy's account. <laughs> the one guy that's got the full movie. Congrats, on man. The only person that's offering it anyway. You really need to start monetizing that hardcore. And the quality is good too. It's like yeah. a direct rip off of, I guess, a DVD or yeah. something that he had. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Check it out. You know what, Butler? Why don't you tell everyone else where they can check us out? Oh, <laughs> segues. Boom. <laughs> you can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. We are also on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema and Forgotten Cinema Pod, depending on where you are. We post things every weekday. We have fun commercials that we do every Thursday you can check out. Uh, we're available wherever you get your podcasts. If you're not listening to this uh, on our actual website, why don't you go ahead and give us a rating, a review, Is anyone subscribe. listening to it on our website? I don't think so. <laughs> so where you're listening to this, go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe. That would help us out a lot. And then join us next week as we will be doing a movie that was recommended to us by my daughter, uh, Penelope, who, because it's her birthday next week, the day that we this episode will come out, we are doing the movie Frankenweenie from 2012. Butler's already told me he's going to cry. <sighs> yep. To which I explained, grow up, because it's an animated movie. I don't know why you're going to cry. Is it still a dog? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's But but I th I'm going to give you uh, movies like this that are that are they're animated so usually animated movies aren't considered forgotten we've done a couple but the, because this deals with the subject matter and because it's like a little darker i mm -hmm. can understand why people don't see this movie but um oh yeah i watch yeah. nightmare before christmas all day every day but, but not frank and weenie i ain't watching really frank really well, you are next it. week i listen you're watching it i don't want to hear you're not coming we to the at, podcast not watching the app watching, we, watching the movie we work at the theater and i was in the booth one day in one of the scenes where the dog dies spoiler he's frank and weenie uh, I think it was a different time he dies, though. And uh, I was tearing up watching this one 30-second scene of a dog dying. Have you ever so. physically put a dog down? Have you ever been in the room? I've never been in the yeah, room. Yeah, I have twice. So I don't know why you're crying. I have. Listen, I've been there. I have had four dogs. Okay, I have watched <laughs> the life go away from a dog, okay? okay. Yeah, exactly. So what's the situation with you? You're going to you know make me cry Listen, right now. snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyways, that's next week. Frank and Weenie, 2012. Butler will cry. He's a big baby. I'm Mike Field. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Forgotten Cinema. Sack up! <laughs> <laughs>